Hey you guys, tickets have officially gone on sale for my next virtual conference. In May, we did Rise Live Courage, and now we're doing Rise Live Healthy and Happy. We're spending an entire day, nine plus hours of programming with some of the greatest speakers in the world, all talking about how to live your life in such a way that you have the energy to have the life of your dreams. What does it look like to learn to eat intuitively? What does it look like to move your body in celebration? What does it look like to approach health from a place of love and celebration instead of shame? We believe that healthy and happy is about how you feel, not about how you look. So I am joined by incredible people like Jay Shetty and Stacy Flowers, Kelly Levesque, Dave Hollis, Trent Shelton, motivating the crap out of you. Me, talking about inspiration. And if you've ever been to a Rise conference before, you better believe you're also going to hear from Beans and Chris. It's going to be a day of fun and energy and so empowering. If you feel like you have fallen off your plan inside of quarantine, if you feel like you need a kick in the pants to get you motivated again, this is the day for you, and tickets start at $40. You can go to thehollisco.com right there at the top of the page. You'll see a big banner. Click on it. Let's hang out. Let's get fired up together. I've never found success and trying to live into a title. I've always found success just in being my most authentic self. Welcome to the Deus Podcast. My name is Rachel Hollis, and I've built a multi-million dollar media company with a high school diploma and a Google search bar. Each week, we'll share direct, tangible advice or inspiring interviews with the same intention. These are the tools to change your life. On today's show, I sit down with CEO and co-founder of EverEve, Megan Tampty. Megan was living her lifelong dream of motherhood, but something was off. By listening to her heart and walking in faith, she found the clarity and the courage to pursue her lifelong dream. That lifelong dream is EverEve. And if you are not familiar, they are one of my favorite boutiques with over 80 stores in the US. Here's our conversation. So Megan, for uh, people who do not know about you, uh, can you tell us your bio? Tell us how you got here and all about the fabulous business that you founded and are running today. Yes, I am the um, co-CEO and co-founder of a, a woman's fashion brand called Ever Eve, and we have 85 stores across the country. We have a really great um, website, e-commerce shopping experience. And we have a new styling service um, called Transcend. So Eve is 13 years old. We're actually celebrating our 13 year anniversary on Friday. Oh, fun. And yeah, we're super excited. And before I started Eve, I was living my dream of being a stay at home mom. Mm-hmm. I was a mom with a little baby girl, Allison, and feeling very excited and happy to be a mom. But I was uh, struggling with fashion and struggling kind of with my identity as Mm -hmm. a mom, not kind of knowing where I fit in now that I had a a child. Um, So I went out shopping to look for fashion that would make me feel beautiful and powerful because it's kind of feeling a little frumpy. Mm -hmm. And I just had a terrible experience at the mall shopping for clothing. Um, 
everything about that shopping trip with my daughter was a disaster. I spent the afternoon in a dressing room crying Mm. and with a baby, a little baby that was crying as well. I was not feeling beautiful. I was not feeling powerful. And that's really what I um, set out to do that day day was to just find clothing that would make me feel good as a new mom. I left that day feeling really sad and I got in the car with Allison, my daughter, and on the drive home from the mall, I, I was empty handed. I just had this idea in my head and the idea was, wow, that was a terrible experience shopping for fashion as a, a, a mom. Um, I kind of think someone should start a, a brand that would help make fashion accessible to moms like me. And that's really when um, the initial idea of Ever Eve came into my mind was on that drive home um, as I was crying after this bad trip to the shopping mall. I love that. I love any time that I hear about, um, especially women, um, who are starting businesses in response to a problem that they see. I think it is the, you know, it's the way that we can all be so successful is to look for a problem and solve it. But it's, it's worth saying that I'm sure a lot of people have had ideas like that, like, oh, wouldn't it be great if dot, dot, dot. But how did you get from this idea in the car to an actual brick and mortar store? I was not trained to, to do this. I was a um, third grade teacher turned stay at home mom. So um, this idea came into my head and I, I named it, I gave it a name and I, I, I created for probably about five years from that moment, I created this brand in my mind. It became just this creation that I, I thought about and, and all the time talked about. I would talk to my friends about it. I would talk to my husband about it. I just, you know, started just creating in my mind this brand mm-hmm. um, for about five years. So again, I was never, ever it was never going to happen. Like it it wasn't in my mind, it was always a dream I had that was never going to be something that I would ever pursue. Um, but after five years of dreaming, what happened was, um, I had another baby. My son, Ryan came along. I was home with these kids. So loving being a mom. It was such a a strange experience because I was so grateful and I was a really good stay at home mom and I loved it. But, um, I knew something was kind of off with me. I, I started um, having severe insomnia, so I wasn't mm-hmm. sleeping at night. I was watching a lot of reality TV at night. I was getting those kids to bed really early so I could pretty much lay on the couch all night and watch reality TV. <laughs> and I was crying to my husband, and we I don't know why. Like He'd come home from work, and I'd have these two kids, and I would just start crying. Like I don't know, and it was, it was a weird feeling because I was happy, and I loved being a mom. But I just, there was something going on with me. So I decided I would, um, and this is again about five years of dreaming about this brand. I decided that I was going to figure out what was wrong with me because clearly something was wrong. And I decided to get up every morning very early and spend a lot of time, just quiet time in prayer. I would read books. I would read my Bible. I would just write in my prayer journal just really asking God to kind of show me like what's, what's going on, what's, what's not right. And through that time of reflection, which was about a year, I, I realized that I had a dream inside that needed to come out. So um, that's kind of what happened. And then it was once I realized like, oh, maybe this is more than just this dream. Then it was like I was confronted with all this um, fear, like, okay, if this is a dream, and you're meant to do this. Um, 
I spent about the next year during my quiet time in the morning, really kind of addressing some of the real fears that I was experiencing, um, Mm. with that reality that maybe this is what I'm supposed to do is start this brand. I love too. you know, I've heard this story before just in hanging out with you, but I love, um, that, that dream was so, it was so big and it was so powerful that it really did stay with you for that long. I mean, obviously now we can look at the other side of it and go, well, gosh, there was a reason that you couldn't get it out of your heart because it was meant to be. But I think many people would, if they don't take action on something, would eventually kind of um, dismiss it. Like they wouldn't sit and marinate in a dream for five years. Right. Um, Well, you know what? I was... I was so happy, Rachel. I had a husband who loves talking about dreams with me. Mm. So I had a, a husband that would like, instead of being like, well, that's a stupid idea. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, <laughs> he would dream with me, which was really fun. Like, mm-hmm. we would put our little babies to bed and we would go sit outside. We were living in California at the time and we would sit outside and we would talk about our dreams and we mm. talk about this brand. And I also had a friend, um, a really good friend who was a mom with young kids. And what I loved about this friend was when we would get together with our little babies, our little kids, instead of talking about the kids, which I love talking about the kids, like there's nothing wrong with that. But with this one friend, instead of talking about um, our kids, we would actually talk about our dreams. We would yeah. talk about like us as moms. I, I was grateful that I had people that would listen and pull out my dreams instead of like smash them, you know? Yeah, that feels like a really valuable tip for people who are in a similar space is do you have people that will help you dream? Um, right. You know, and pra- having having someone who's pragmatic, my husband is very pragmatic and I'm so grateful to him for being sort of the person who holds on to the bottom of the balloon because I'm the balloon trying to fly away <laughs> and Dave's the one kind of like, okay, let's, we have bills to pay. Um, so it is important to have someone who can speak into the truth yes. and what it will actually yes. take. But gosh, sometimes you just need someone to sit and, and dream with you. So super rad yeah. that you had that. Oh, fun. So you, you decide like, okay, this desire is in my heart. It's not going anywhere. I mean, what do you even do first? Because like, I cool, start a store. How do you even do that? How do you know what to do? Well, here's the deal. So the first thing I did when I got to this place of like, okay, I think I should do this. Like, I think this is what I'm here to do. Um, I had to stop watching reality TV at night and (laughs) (laughs) it's real. I I actually had this moment where I, um, made a decision, a conscious decision not to watch TV. Mm -hmm. And I decided to, um, one night, actually it was season two of American, American Idol when Ruben Stutter won. It was that night and he won. And I remember sitting, watching American Idol, watching Ruben win. And I just remember feeling like a spectator on the sidelines, watching other people's dreams come true. Mm, And it was that night actually that I decided I am no longer watching TV at night. My husband had been encouraging me to, um, get all these dreams written down on a piece of paper. And he just, you know, I had this epic moment, which was like, I'm done. I'm not going to watch other people's dreams come true. I'm going to start working on my own dreams. And instead of watching TV for, you know, two or three hours after night, after the babies were in bed, I would pour the dreams that I'd been dreaming about for five years out on paper. And my Mm -hmm. husband was so sweet because he was like, I remember looking at him like, you think I should write everything? Even like the really dumb ideas. He was like, just write everything. Get everything (laughs) out. (laughs) And so I spent probably four or five months 
every night, just taking every idea, every thought I had and, and writing it on paper. And then after that, I gave that to my husband, who is a financial thinker, and he's my business partner. We grew this business together. Um, he took it and he created a business plan with it. He created a financial model. He took every, every idea and he put a number to it. He mm. put a dollar sign to it, which is what he does really well. And once he took that um, and worked his little magic over my idea, my, my, my magic, <laughs> he, um, he came one night, we kind of sat down and talked and he, he looked at me and he said, okay, I've, I've created this business plan. You know, I put some numbers to it. Um, I have a question for you. And I'm like, what is it? He's like, we can do this. We can mm. start this company. We can start Evereve. If you think you could sell $1,500 a product every day, like that's what you would need to sell um, in our first store to make this, um, to make, to break even. And did that feel scary or that felt well, like, oh, heck he yeah, I can down. do that. Yeah. He's a math guy. I'm not a math guy, but um, <laughs> he broke it down into like, you know, Megan, that would probably be like five pair of jeans. It might be three tops and two sweaters. Okay. You know, I don't know. He broke yeah. it down to something like that. And I remember thinking, well, I mean, I really thought about it. I was like. Hey, y'all, if you are looking for something to complement the foods that you are already eating to bless your body, I want to make sure you know about Sakara's Clean Boutique. It's the perfect complement for your eating journey with organic, whole food-based healthy snacks, supplements, and heartwarming teas that round out your rituals beautifully. Complete your Saqqara life and ensure you're getting all the essential plant nutrition you need every day with The Foundation, the brand's curated vitamin packs. And if you want to check it out, right now, Saqqara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to saqqara.com slash rise or enter code rise at checkout. That's Saqqara, S-A-K-A-R-A, dot com slash rise to get 20% off your first order. Sakara.com slash rise. Okay, well, I know my mom would probably buy, you know, this and I know my sister-in-law, you know, I, I, yeah. like, I, I you know, he talked about like, do you, that would probably be 10 people coming through the doors. He really kind of broke down the numbers for me. Mm-hmm. And, um, I came to the conclusion after I thought about it was I, I remember looking at him and saying, yeah, I think I, I think $1,500 sounds really doable. I think I could do that. So that was like the big number that I knew that I needed to, I would need to hit every day if we decided to do, do this. Mm. So once we made that decision and I, I told him, yes, I think I can do this. Then we kind of, um, looked for the location for the first store which was in Edina, Minnesota mm-hmm. at a really cute little shopping district called 50th in France. Mm-hmm. And we signed a lease and I, I'll be honest, like it was probably one of the scariest moments of my life. Mm. We drove home from that signing of the lease. Uh, we didn't have a lot of money at the time and we signed a million dollar personal guarantee. So we knew that if I didn't hit that $1,500 a day, I'd probably lose my house. Oh my and, gosh. And you know, I asked my husband, do you think we'd lose the car? He's like, I don't think we'd lose the car, but we would definitely lose the house. So, I mean, wow. I, those were the decisions that I had to, to make before we signed that lease. And we, uh, honestly, Rachel, we, we drove home 
and um, we were both kind of sick to our stomachs. It was a very quiet ride. <laughs> and when we pulled up to our house, I just remember looking at him and I said, do you know how to design and operate a store? And he, he looked at me like, no, I don't. And he said, do you? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I don't know. And so we, all I can say is this like intense learning journey began, which started with me going into my office that night, Googling, how do you design a store? Yep. The next day we went to the library um, because we couldn't afford to buy books. And we asked the librarian in the library, you know, we're, we, we signed this lease, we're opening a clothing store. Can you show us some books that maybe will help us? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we checked out a whole stack of books. And it's been a learning journey ever since. Hey guys, we'll be back in a hot minute with more of this interview. But now, a quick word from a sponsor. Y'all, did you know that Barnes & Noble is releasing an exclusive edition of Girl, Wash Your Face? And we're calling it The Hustler's Edition. Guess who needs that? You. You are a hustler. I am a hustler. And I'm proud to be one. Here's the deal. I signed 2,000 copies of this book. You can only get them on Barnes & Noble, and it includes a bonus chapter for ladies just like us who are getting their hustle on. Also, it costs the same as the book everywhere else, but you are not gonna wanna sleep on this one. Supplies will not last, so you need to pre-order it now. If you are heading into the new year with a huge desire and a new year's resolution to get organized, I have the answer, the Cozy app. This is something that Dave and I discovered honestly through trial and error. We really wanted to get our lives together. We really wanted a schedule that he and I could both have to access what the kids were doing on which days, what doctor's appointments we needed to go to, whose birthday party was this Saturday. And honestly, you guys, we tried out about 15 different options before we found Cozy. We love Cozy because we have access to each other's schedules, what the kids are up to, and our nannies on it as well. So we can all communicate who needs to be doing what at what time. If you are a working parent, you have to have this app. And here's the deal, two really cool things. You can even add items to your Cozy list using Amazon Alexa, and it's totally free, you guys. Get the Cozy app. C-O-Z-I from your app store or cozy.com forward slash Rachel. Hey y'all, do me a favor. While you're listening to today's episode, take a screenshot and put it on Instagram or your Insta stories and tag me. I love hearing what you think and seeing what you're up to and it helps the tribe remember to go listen to this week's episode. Thanks so much. Part of the the idea, my understanding of this, and you guys still have this in every store today, was that you could bring your kids into the store with you. Yeah. And not only would it not be frowned upon, but um, it is super welcome. Like I remember the first time I walked in an every store, I didn't understand what the brand, I, I didn't know that it was for moms. I just was like, oh, they have cute clothes. I want to see what's going on. And there were, um, like glass jars of goldfish crackers, like beautifully, but there was like goldfish crackers and little snacks. And I was like, how funny, like this store wants to make sure you're not hungry while you shop. It didn't occur to me till like 10 minutes later when I saw a toddler playing with toys and eating goldfish crackers, like, like, oh, what a smart idea. Not only do they not mind that you brought your kid in, but you can try on jackets right there. And that 
um, that girl's going to like talk to your kid while you're trying on a bomber jacket. Right. And that makes me so happy to know you experienced that because that was always the dream. Mm -hmm. I knew that I wanted to create an environment where moms felt welcome. Mm -hmm. And a part of a mom's identity is having her children with her. Mm -hmm. And I wanted, so yes, we have goldfish, which has become just the ritual. I mean, these kids love <laughs> to come to Everdeve. Yeah. Our staff is trained to welcome kids and embrace them. If kids spill, we don't care. I've had kids poop. I've had kids pee on the floor. Yep. I mean, we're, we are here for moms, so we're not bothered by kids in the store. It's also worth saying, because uh, I think if I was listening to this podcast, I would maybe have an idea of what like a quote-unquote mom store what kind of clothes mm -hmm. they would carry. And y'all, and I'm not saying this because you're my friend and I am not saying this because we are on a podcast together. Every has the cutest stuff, like literally uh -oh. the cutest stuff, the style so rad, like whether you're into boho or you're a little bit more urban. Um, if you want something to wear to drop the kids off at school, it it's, I was so blown away at the designers that you have in store as well as the stuff that you guys um, produce yourselves. Um, so it, it's incredible to say like, oh, we don't mind if kids are there, but it's also like, you know, free people and Hudson yeah. and Levi's and all of these things. It's not like you're at Costco and we don't care right. for kids. You know what I mean? Because I think right, that there's right. yeah, definitely, you don't talk down to moms. That's what I like. Right. It's not fashion. Yeah, we're not dumbing them down. Yeah, you're not right? dumbing. You're like, no, no, no. You want to look just as fashionable and stylish as every other woman out there, regardless of whether right. or not you have kids. I love it because that's exactly what we try to be. I mean, we, we definitely, we are a fashion brand. We're a contemporary fashion brand. And what we've learned is that our moms, they do want to be modern. They do want to be relevant. Mm -hmm. they're, they're women that don't just want to be like, oh, I became a mom, so now I'm going to dumb my fashion down. They do want to be, they, they do want to be pushed and, and they want to be modern. Um, we just have found that they want help yes. because they are so busy taking care of their family yes. that they just don't have a lot of time to think about fashion, mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean they don't want to look good or feel good or embrace the latest trend or try a new, you know, they, they definitely want the fashion, but we, um, we've learned that they just need some extra help because they've got they're taking care of their families. They're a little sure. occupied. You know? Sure. No, and I think um, that's definitely something, too. I um, had the opportunity to fly out to Minneapolis and meet with your team, and I felt so fancy because your stylist <laughs> pulled all of these things for me. But I can also say, having gone to other stores where people don't know who I am or what I'm there yeah. for, every store that you walk into, everyone who's on staff cares that you're inside of their store and wants that. to help you find like, and it's not just like, oh, is there anything I can help you look for? It's like, hey, what are you into? Or what do you want? I was actually just in the Austin store last week and she was like showing me some stuff and I was like, you know what I'm actually looking for? Like, I want to elevate my like dropping the kids off at school game. And she was like, oh, immediately like changed focus and started showing me 10 other things. Yeah. I love that you say that again, because I, I am so proud of um, our stylists and our store and our managers and all of the, the women in our store who make this come alive every day in our stores. They, we, we get so much feedback about how amazing our people are. Yeah. And it's because they really care. These women in our stores, they love fashion. There's no doubt about it. They love fashion, but we hire people that love people more that, yeah. that, that are purpose driven People that love fashion but also want to make a difference, 
They want to touch a life. They want to, um, they know that, um, helping a woman feel beautiful and powerful really is important and they want to be part of that. Um, so we really do attract fashionable women, but also women that have hearts and women that care and women that want to make a difference and want to come to work and touch lives mm-hmm. and have fun with fashion. Yes. Well, <laughs> I mean, is- gosh, it, it's so easy for someone to think that um, style is a frivolous, like it's not a necessity, but right. I really don't know a woman alive who doesn't gain some self-confidence from her appearance and it doesn't have to be a certain style like you could be into goth or you could be into like preppy or whatever it is but you have your own personal style and when you are wearing clothes that make you feel good you feel good mentally and emotionally and as cheesy as it sounds um I think that there's a lot to be said about what you do for women when you give them that confidence in themselves so I think clothing gives women dignity it helps them feel beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I agree. I mean, I've traveled all over the world. I've, I've worked with women, um, entrepreneurs in third world countries and women do want to feel beautiful mm-hmm. and it is an important part of being a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is, I, I feel like we are, we, we recognize it every, that part of feeling confident does come with your, you know, clothing is a part of helping a woman feel good. It's not the only thing. It's it's a small part of it. Sure. But it absolutely plays a role. Yeah. We want to play a part of helping a woman just feel her very best. Yeah. So um, it's fun to be able to do that. So as you have the first store, it's successful. You're doing your $1,500 a day. How, when, and how did you decide to scale? Well, as crazy as it sounds, um, before we decided to do this, We actually, my husband and I, when we were in that dreaming phase, we actually felt that we were doing something awesome. We felt like we were the first to market. We felt like we were the first people to create a clothing store and really for moms. Mm -hmm. Um, So we felt that we, if we could have success in that first store and hit that $1,500 a day, and even more importantly, it was do the customers connect with this? Like, Mm -hmm. is my idea, is this idea crazy or does this really resonate with Mm -hmm. women? Um, and, but so we set out to build a national brand from the very beginning. So before we even, that that was our plan. And I look at it now and I'm like, wow, that was aggressive. Yeah. That was really aggressive. But we felt that because it was the first and because it was an emotional, it came from such a real place. Mm-hmm. And um, we just, we always wanted to build a national brand. Mm-hmm. So the first store was more a, like, let's test it. Right away, right off the bat, they connected with it deeply. You know, I would tell them, um, this is, I'm Megan, and I, I created the store because I had a bad shopping experience as a mom, and I wanted to create a great environment where you felt welcome, and we could help you feel beautiful and powerful with clothing. And women were like, thank you. This is amazing. And it, it just, it, it was an immediate success. And more importantly, women really were um, connecting with it. So about six months into it, we, we could see that we had done, so, that this was a connection for women, for moms. So we then looked at our second location. And wow. I signed, signed the lease of our second location nine months in. <laughs> That is amazing. In the same, within the same city? In a store, maybe, I don't know, 15 miles away. Wow. Maple Grove. Yeah. 
Yeah. And how so were we, you able to then manage two locations? I mean, did you divide and yep. conquer or how did you figure that out? Well, what we did at that point, my husband, he had been working at the bank um, up until that point. So he quit his job. He, he finally knew, okay, once we were hitting that $1,500 a day, women were connecting with it. He felt comfortable leaving um, his job. And um, we paid ourselves, by the way, not a lot of money in the very beginning. Sure. I mean, I, I could I could not afford the clothes in my own store. Yeah. I really I could. Like, like I would wear, I, I mean, I can say this now because it's 13 years later, but I sometimes would wear the clothes and like, I couldn't afford them myself <laughs> because we were not paying ourselves a lot of money. Yep. We did what, what I had done early in my journey. I, I wasn't a buyer and I, I wasn't a trained buyer. I'd always been interested in fashion. I always, I was raised in Chicago. You know, I was, I was always very aware of fashion and brands and clothing and very passionate about it, but I was not a trained buyer. I did not know how to go buy an assortment for a store. Mm-hmm. And so I had a friend from, actually from camp when I was 15 and her name is Christina. Mm-hmm. And I, I, we went to camp together. We went to a small college together in Chicago. And after college, we parted ways and I had always kind of followed her through other friends. And Christina went and built a career at Nordstrom. She became a buyer. Mm-hmm. And when I was creating every and finally in those final stages of like deciding to do, to do this, I was going to do it. I knew that I would have to learn how to be a buyer and learn how to go buy clothes to bring into the store that I had created. So I had called Christina early on and reconnected with her and told her all about my dream. I had told her that I needed to go to LA. I needed to go to New York. I needed to do what she was doing at Nordstrom. I needed to be a buyer. And I asked her to teach me over the phone. Like I said, can you give me some help? Like, can you teach me how to do it? And so over the phone, she would kind of coach me and she would say, this is what you do. You've got to go to these shows in New York. You've got to go to LA. You've got to go in and look at, you know, knock on the showroom doors, tell them who you are, look at the product, take notes, you know, order it. So she kind of would guide me through that process. Mm-hmm. And so, um, we just through this friendship, you know, I would call, I'd see her sometimes in, in LA and New York to be with all our fancy Nordstrom people. And I would be <laughs> you know, by myself. <laughs> you know, staying at like inexpensive hotels and, you know, we'd, we'd say hi and she would see, you know, she'd see me. Well, after that, that point where we knew every was going to be a success, I reached out to her and called her and just said, Christina, I want to let you know that, um, this is working here. Like, like, believe it or not, you know, this is really working. The moms are really connecting. We're hitting our sales goals every day. I said, would you ever consider coming out, you know, from Chicago to Minneapolis and kind of looking at what we're doing? Because I think I'm going to need help. We're opening our second store. I'm not a trained buyer. And so she did. She flew out and within, you know, her, she spent a day with Mike and I in the stores and she would tell you, she just, she saw it. Like she was like, I get this. And she, she, you know, she, she understood and she also really wanted to play a part in helping moms feel beautiful and powerful. And she, mm-hmm. for her, she saw not only the fashion and the business opportunity, I think she saw this opportunity that um, because we were more of a purpose-based culture, mm-hmm. she really felt like at every, she could, she could um, use her, her gift that she had to kind of, to touch lives and to yeah. help make women feel beautiful. So she, she, t- you know, a lot of times people think the entrepreneur always gets the most attention and all the glory, 
But sometimes though, well, all the time, those first followers yeah. are more important. They're more important, you know, because she they took, buy into the dream and help you they buy into yeah. the dream. And they're yeah. just as risky. I mean, she flew, she moved from Chicago to Minneapolis. She took a 50% pay cut. Wow. She also, not only did we make her the, the lead buyer at every, but we also made her the manager of our, our Maple Grove store. Okay. <laughs> so you're like, you're going to come so, and do seven jobs for us. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, you're doing yeah. seven jobs. You're yeah. getting your pay cut. You're moving from downtown Chicago to, to, to Minneapolis. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. So those, those first followers are, are huge, yeah. are so critical for the success of, of a business, of a, a new company. They, they don't, they don't get the glory, you know, Absolutely. and yet they're crucial for the success. Absolutely. Um, you know, the question that I asked you when we first met, um, which I think is, is super relevant because this is not something that other companies can say in a world where, you know, we hear like Amazon's eating everybody's lunch, everything's digital, everything's online. You are killing it in the brick and mortar retail space, not just the retail space, but brick and mortar, like you have actual stores and you are pretty aggressively growing. Yeah. Um, we opened 18 stores this year. I mean, what in the world? And uh, that one of the first things I was like, I know we just met, but can I ask like, why do you continue? Why do you put your um, trust in that space? And how are you different? And you were like, well, because we're kill. I mean, you didn't say that. That's my language, but you're like, oh, we're, we're, you know, we're running the retail game. So gosh, of course we're going to keep growing. So would you talk a little bit about, um, why you think you've had such success in like in-person sales versus so many places that are going digitally? First of all, we, we have a niche yes. that we know really well. So we have 13 years of just, we know our core customer very well and what she wants from us from fat, you know, product and fashion wise. And we we're just really focused on this, this woman who is a mom with kids and she's taking care of her family and she's really busy, but she still wants to look fashionable, Mm -hmm. fashionable. So I think owning this niche is really important. Secondly, it's our people. I mean, we just attract people that love fashion, but even more importantly, people that really are just purpose driven. They, they want to touch lives. They want to make a difference. They don't see themselves, you know, just selling clothes. They, they really, um, we attract people who want to serve, mm-hmm. who, who want to use their love of fashion to love human beings. Yeah. And as we you know, a lot of our, we, we talk a lot about using fashion as a vehicle to love. And, and so they're driven by a greater purpose in our stores and they get to have fun with fashion, which is like a dream for a lot of women. And then um, secondly, financial management. We are frugal. We're, we're very disciplined in our spending. I love that. Um, that's not my that's careful. not my spiritual gifting. So I I always you know, love him. Like yes, I need, I need to take this wisdom. Know? My husband Mike drives a lot of that. He's you know he's willing. He's an entrepreneur. He's willing to take risks. But we are very financially disciplined, mm. and as a result, um, we've been able to build something pretty spectacular. And 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 now you know we want to build a company that's sustainable. I, yeah. I want to build a company that's going to be around for a long time, and you need profit to do that. Absolutely. And um, I I just think being disciplined is a huge part of building a, a sustainable company. So that is a huge I think huge part of our success. Well, so you mentioned working with Mike, and I feel like for for 
I, gosh, anybody who's married, it, the question, like how? How have yeah. you managed to build and grow and not, you know, murder each other in cold blood at, <laughs> at the office? I would love to hear yeah. for, for those people who are considering going into business with their partner, um, what that has looked like for you guys. Yeah. We've always said that if in any way this, this business ever gets in the way of our marriage, one of us will get out. Yeah. And so I, we always said that, like, if this is not working, one of us will get out. Um, so just knowing that feels really good, right? Like if you ever get to a hard spot, we have definitely have different skill sets, which is awesome. Um, and obviously because we're a husband and wife team, we have a lot of trust. So mm -hmm. he trusts me. I trust him. We have so many of the same goals because we, we want to grow a business and we want to grow our family and we want our family to thrive and we want our business to thrive. So we're so lucky because we have very shared goals, mm -hmm. um, personally and professionally. Um, it can get hard. I think in the, in the beginning years, it wasn't a challenge. It was really fun because I was in stores all the time mm, for seven years, far away from him. He, yeah. was, he, <laughs> he was at home taking care of the kids or he was at the computer creating financial models, you know, um, looking at real estate in the home office. I mean, we were far apart, but as we've gotten bigger and we've, we've scaled this, I'm in the home office more mm -hmm. and we, we kind of bump up against each other a little bit more. Um, we've learned now how to deal with that, but I would say there was like a three year stretch where it was a little, it was a little, um, there was a little power yeah. struggle, I would say. Sure. Um, and we had to figure that out and we had to figure out, I think it's just acknowledging that we are very different leaders. We're very different people. One way is not better than the other way. Mm -hmm. Um, he has things to learn from me and I have things to learn from him. It's uh, the relationship is very mutual. Mm -hmm. So I think once we kind of worked through that a little bit, it's been, it's been great. I think we recognize each other's differences and honor and celebrate each other's differences instead of kind of getting competitive with one sure, another absolutely. We did for a little while. And then I think we kind of lost the ego a little bit. Like, I don't care if he gets praised. He doesn't care if I, I mean, yeah. we're sort of like, we're in this together, you know? Absolutely. And, um, for the most part, it's really fun, mm -hmm. but it can get, it can get like, sometimes you just have to be like, let's just not talk about business. Yeah. <laughs> and we did buy a lake house. Yes. And I will say the lake house is so, has been great because when we go there, we really do leave business behind, That's which awesome. has been really fun. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all working remotely with your team is the new normal. I know it's the new normal over here and I have no idea when it might change. And this new way of working requires teams to be more collaborative wherever they are. Monday.com offers a flexible platform to manage any team, project, or workflow online. Bring your team together so you can continue to collaborate, plan, and track your work. Monday.com is a project management platform that makes effective teamwork possible near or far. You can keep all your team's work in one place and coordinate across different teams and departments. This way of project managing increases productivity and efficiency and facilitates transparency between everyone on your team. Let Monday.com take care of what slows you down so you can free up time to focus on the work that drives you. 
To start your free 14-day trial, go to monday.com. I ask everyone, and I know, well, I'll preface this and say one of my favorite things about getting to go to your home office was walking into your office and seeing stacks and stacks and stacks of books because I am a massive book nerd and, you know, all the books that are here sitting in my office are sitting in your office right now um, because you're a voracious reader and you're constantly trying to learn. And I know this will be a hard question, but is there a book, is there one book that you're like, this is the thing that really helped helped us build or helped your career or helped um, to get you where you are today? Can I can I break it down into two, of two course, phases of the of business? Course I would can. say for the, the first seven years when I was creating, learning how to create a, an amazing store, you mm-hmm. know, amazing stores. And I was in the store every day. I had gotten a book at the library called Hug Your Customers by Jack Mitchell. Mm-hmm. And he's, a, he's a, a, a clothing, he owns clothing stores on the East Coast. And he wrote this whole book that helped me really understand loving customers, like mm-hmm. just serving them and loving them and making them like family. And so that book, I read that book. I would practice everything. I would, everything he said, I would go practice on the, sty- the styling floor. And I, it not only created happy customers, but it also delivered amazing sales results. And it made me, filled me with joy because I was touching lives. Mm-hmm. So that book was huge for me the first seven years. Then as I transitioned more into leading a large organization of, um, you know, we have 1,500 employees that work for us right now. I would say personally, The Gift of Imperfection by Brene Brown Mm. would be um, a book that really shaped me as a leader, the kind of leader I wanted to be. That's awesome. And, you know, I I felt like like, um, as I transitioned into more of a CEO role, I, I... I felt like I was trying to be something I wasn't Mm. and I've never found success in trying to live into a title. Mm. Um, I've always found success just in being my most authentic self. Yeah. And, um, that book just came in my life at a time where I could have easily felt like I had to pretend to be like the CEO. Yeah. Um, but I, through that book, I think I learned, like, I just have to be me. I just have to be Megan. I just have to show up. I just have to tell my story. I just have to keep being me and hopefully growing, you know, yeah, every day. And, and that book really, I think that's made me um, a more powerful leader. Well, I will tell you, you're going to laugh. I was um, going to the airport last week and my driver was telling me that he was starting a restaurant like, he, like it was a whole thing, the whole trip to the airport. He's telling me about his restaurant, and I'm asking him questions. And I said, oh, well, my friend Megan told me about this book called Hug Your Customers. And he's an older oh, yeah. man. So I literally got his cell phone number. I'm sitting in the back of the car. I get his cell phone number. I go find that book on Amazon. I screenshot it, and I sent it to him so that he could have his daughter help him buy that book. Oh, but I, I was, love it. So, I mean, you're just spreading the wealth of knowledge to Deus listeners <laughs> and to my driver last week. Big I shout out it. to Darren. I love it. Yeah, it's a powerful book. Yeah. It's, it's so fun because I got that book at the library, you know, 13 years ago. Mm-hmm. And last year, I called um, Jack Mitchell 
who is the author of that book. And I, I said, Jack, I got to tell you something like, um, your book worked, yeah. <laughs> like worked. you know, 85 stores now. And I asked him to come to our, our manager's retreat and speak. So it was such a fun moment because he came out and I mean, it was so fun for him because awesome. he was surrounded by, you know, 85 managers. And I'm like, we are here because of a big part of it is because yes. of your lessons in that book. Oh, so that's really so rad. So beyond reading, do you, mm-hmm. what are the things that you do to continue to grow and learn? Do you go to conferences? Do you take classes? Are you a podcast mm-hmm. person? Like what are your favorite ways to, to learn a little bit more about areas of business? Well, that's changing. So I've definitely been an avid reader mm-hmm. my whole career. Um, right now, I am doing some writing, which is yes. new for me. And I feel like um, I'm so, I've been reading, 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 reading. My mind is just crazy with thoughts mm-hmm. that I've just tried to take that time that I normally spend reading. And now I'm kind of writing, which is new. Mm-hmm. But how do I grow myself? Um, I get up every morning at 5 30 mm-hmm. and I spend about an hour and a half of like, I call it like quiet time. Mm-hmm. So I do, I read some sort of leadership book. I read some sort of spiritual book because I think for me, it's, um, to have the strength to do what I do. I feel like I need to be paying attention to my soul. Mm-hmm. And so I do a lot of soul work in the morning, a lot of reading. My faith is really important to me. I do a lot of, I read the Bible every morning. Mm-hmm. I, I have a prayer journal I write in every morning and ask God for help. Um, I read a little leadership. I read a little soul stuff. So that's about an hour and a half every day that I spend every morning. Um, Mike and I um, feel so grateful. There is a conference that we attend um, in Chicago, it's the faith-based conference. It's called the Global Leadership Summit. Oh, yeah. Um, I've at, never been, at, but I've heard it's incredible. At Willow Creek. It is, it's just world-class. Mm-hmm. It's like world-class leadership and business mm-hmm. training. And there is, because it's, um, it's hosted by a church, there is um, this faith element, which for me feels really um, all the areas of my life kind of, kind of hit at one spot during this conference. So we've heard Sheryl Sandberg. We've mm-hmm. heard, um, John Maxwell. Were you there when we've Brene spoke? Brene. Yeah. I mean, they bring in some of the, the best, the top business thinkers in the world mm-hmm. and then in the, you know, to the summit and, um, for some teaching. So that's been huge. That's yeah. been a really big, um, deal for us for the last seven years. So those are some of the things that I do to keep learning. Yeah. Yeah. Conferences are my absolute favorite. And I'm always excited because I ask this question to everybody who comes on when someone tells me about something I haven't heard of before. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm putting that on the list. Um, I ask everybody the same five questions at the end of every interview. And I would love to ask you them. Oh, there's more than five. I lied to you. But you've already answered one, which is what time you get up in the morning. So that's perfect. So I'm always curious about how other women, particularly those in business, start their day. And you and I have a really similar morning ritual. I get up at five. I spend that time before the kids wake up um, getting intentional about my day and planning out what's going to happen and reading and just being grateful for my cup of coffee. (laughs) Um, But the next question is, uh, do you have a coffee order? Do you drink coffee? And if so, you walk into Starbucks, what's your order? I do drink coffee with just a little bit of cream. (laughs) 
easy. I like, no, totally. From. You never know. Some people are like, I don't drink coffee. Other people are like, okay, here's the 27 things in my cup. <laughs> um, you have to travel quite a bit for work. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is a travel item that you just feel like is super essential? Like you don't want to leave home without it. I like to listen to music mm-hmm. when I travel. So I would say uh, my earbuds. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite physical activity, a workout that you do, and how often do you do it? I have been a walk a walker my entire life, and my I walk every day. Um, I like walking because it gives me the freedom to kind of do it on my own schedule. I can do it early in the morning. I can do it late mm-hmm. at night. I can do it whenever. So walking is definitely how I um, work out, although in the last four months, for the first time ever, I've hired a personal trainer. Ooh, and watch so I'm, out. I'm doing weights for the first time, which is right. really fun. Really that's fun. awesome. Yeah. Are you seeing a, a change? I mean, I feel like that's the funnest thing that happens when you do weight training. All of a sudden, you're like, oh, look at that arm. We, look at the, what's happening We've been there. working. I would, don't know if I've seen change yet, but we've been working hard on identifying the muscles that I need to be using. <laughs> yes, so, that feels important. Which, because I've never worked out before, it's yeah. a lot of work. Yeah, so, totally. Um, Good form. No, oh, my gosh. I'm super good form. Like really working on form has been really important and I'm really excited about this. You know, I'm 44 and I think it's time to really start lifting weights, but yeah. I have been a walker and yeah. I, I have, I'm a good hiker, a good walker, and I'm pretty good about that. That's awesome. Um, so my last question is something I ask every single person, you know, Deus, the, the name came from the idea of a platform, which is you have this platform and how are you going to use it? If you could tell the women listening to this podcast, one thing, one thing that you want them to know that they like, if they could just walk away with this knowledge, you would feel like that is everything you could hope for out of a listener. What is the one thing that you would tell women? I feel like, um, our bodies tell us things. Yeah. They tell us like something's not right, something's wrong, or, you know, pay attention to your, your body. I, I feel like, you know, that early years when I was struggling with sleep, I was crying. Like I felt like my body was screaming, something's wrong. Yeah. You, you've got to pay attention. And I, I think through that, I'm so grateful that I paid like I took it real seriously mm-hmm. and I really dug in to find out like, what is wrong? Yeah. What, why am I not, what's, what's going on here? And, um, I don't know. I, I, I think different throughout different phases of building every, there's been times where it's like, Oh, I've got this neck ache. Like why my neck hurts? And it's yeah. like, listen to that. What's that telling you? You know, what do you need to figure out? So I don't know. I think our bodies tell us a lot. I know this is pro- that's probably not the no. Right that's a fantastic. <laughs> the thing is, every single woman that I interview has a different answer for this, which is okay. what I find so interesting. And not one person yet has said something that I'm not like, yeah, that's really good advice, especially for the young women who are listening, who are maybe in college or just recent grads who, you know, you want to push yourself at a million miles an hour and you think your body's going to be there forever. And the reality is, no, your body will just straight up shut down if you don't listen to what it's telling you. So I think that's incredible wisdom. Really taking that time to listen and and understand what your body's trying to tell you, what's what's going on inside of your soul. So I'm super uh, grateful that, that you took the time to chat with us so that our listeners could be inspired by you. I'm so lucky to be inspired by you as a friend, and I'm uh, grateful that they get to be inspired by you in this form. We will be back with another episode next week. In the meantime, if you have a moment 
and you can write a review or subscribe to the podcast. That is life to those of us who work so hard to produce every single episode. For more information, you can check out deuspodcast.com or stalk me on every form of social media. I am Miss Rachel Hollis on every single platform. This week's listener review is from Happy Go Lucky 1415. She says, OMG, Rachel is like my church. I mean, I go to church, but she's like my church of inspiration in life. She is like my life coach, but for free. I found her a couple of months ago randomly as she popped up in my live on Instagram. I started laughing so hard I knew I had to keep following her. The day she announced she had a book I could pre-order, I did. I didn't even know her, but I've loved her energy, enthusiasm, realness, love of life, and all things possible. Thanks so much for the review, girl. I super appreciate it. This week's listener review is from Dustin8404, who says, a man's thank you. Mrs. Rachel, allow me to send you a big thank you for becoming my wife's obsession. You have inspired her to really focus on herself, our marriage, and our children. She's been on fire since starting your last 90-day challenge. We have adopted a lot of practices you and Dave have adopted into your lives. So I want to give a shout out to my wife, Brittany. Thank you to you and Dave for being such positive people. Every single week, I feature a new listener review, and I would love to hear what you think. Be sure to head over to iTunes and subscribe to this podcast and leave your comments so I can feature you on next week's episode. Thanks to our producer, Allison Cohen, our sound engineer, Jack Noble, and our sound editor, Andrew Weller. Most importantly, I hope you heard something today that inspires you. I'll see you next week. So this week, I announced my next book. It's called Didn't See That Coming. It's all about how you put your life back together after your world falls apart. I actually wrote this inside of quarantine because I wanted something that y'all could read as you transition out of the crisis of a pandemic. And then inside of writing it, my world fell apart. And this is a story of how you keep on going. This is a story of the tactics and the tools that I have used time and time again when I have gone through grief or loss or trauma. The book comes out on September 29th and you can find it today. You can pre-order wherever books are sold. And yes, I am narrating the audio as always. But if you pre-order, meaning if you buy it any time before September 29th, if you go to didn'tseethatcomingnewbook.com, you can get my one-hour course on how to rebuild. How do you rebuild your life? Free one-hour course plus a workbook that you can print out and utilize to start the process. It's something that I thought I could give you to be helpful as you transition to whatever comes next. Didn't See That Coming is my new book, and I hope that you will check it out.